0: Thank you.
1: to the Ino podcast. My name is Jasmine and I will be one of your hosts today. I actually brought on a co-host because I was tired of hearing my own voice. I brought on my friend Hannah.
0: Hey excited to be here.
1: Super excited to have you on Hannah. We are going to be talking about Beyoncé and what's going on with Christians. Uh, I believe Tiffany Montgomery had a lot to say about her. We're also going to be talking about the Asbury revival. Um, It officially came to like a quote unquote close Um, but what does that mean for Christians in the future? And last week, we're going to talk about uh, an article that I wrote called The Atom Problem. And I can't wait for you guys to read it and then listen to our thoughts. So with that, let's get on with the show. All right, so we're going to be talking first about uh, Beyonce, Tiffany Montgomery, Jackie Hill Perry, and a whole bunch of other Christians and what they have to say about it. Um, Beyonce is going on a worldwide tour and uh, a prophetic voice and speaker, Tiffany Montgomery, um, recently uh, came under fire because of some controversial statements um, that she made about Beyonce and her Uh, tour the sermon is titled altered at the altar if you want to go and listen to the full sermon you get the whole thing in context we're just going to pull out the main quotes that got her into some trouble but basically montgomery said any of you who are going to beyonce's concert i rebuke you in the name of jesus how dare you call yourself a christian i don't care what pastor you got that's okay with it i don't care what pastor you got that thinks it's cool i don't care what pastor you got that sing along to the songs because they want some clout Montgomery later continued suggesting that Beyonce was a witch. Well, I I guess I shouldn't even say suggesting. She really just called her a witch. Um, She said, which has gone viral on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen it. Mm -mm. Well, she said, when a witch has a coven, it's normally a small thing. Witches' covens are normally three to seven people. Um, When when it becomes thousands, and this is still a quote, it's called a hive. Y'all are a part of that Lady Beehive and you call yourself a Christian, may the dealings of the Lord come upon you, end quote. <laughs> so, pretty harsh words um, from, again, prophetic voice and speaker Tiffany Montgomery. I wanted to get your thoughts on that, Hannah.
0: Um, I can see where people got upset about that, but I also feel like as Christians, obviously baby believers... Are arrogant as in they don't know yeah a lot of them and they just like her music they just like Beyonce um for there is uh matured Christians who just don't care I feel like or who are um maybe just lukewarm and not understanding the whole the significance of it not not even significance but the importance of it and don't realize like how deep this actually is. Like they just see it from a uh worldly carnal perspective and aren't looking spiritually at what's actually happening in the spiritual realm. I think
1: that was my main concern too because when she said, I think really my only problem with what she said is how dare you call yourself a Christian. Yeah. Because at the same point, there are baby Christians who just don't know. Yeah. And it's ignorance ignorance is bliss but also god says like my people perish for lack of knowledge but baby christians don't know yeah and so that was my biggest issue with it now what i want to really harp on Mm
0: -hmm. is
1: i don't think church is used to such harsh words yeah and when you look in the old testament Mm -hmm. the prophets of the old would tell you straight up what was going on right um and for me, I just felt like some of this, some of the backlash she was getting was from, honestly, lukewarm Christians, mm-hmm. um, people who did not want to give up listening to Beyonce or maybe their eyes got uncovered and they tweeted or posted out of passion and anger instead of really dialing in and seeing if what she had to say was true. Right. Um, but there is something to be said about, I do think pastors coddle people. Mm -hmm. a lot sometimes a little too much Mm -hmm. and I don't have a problem with the harshness that comes with it because I think American church has been coddled so much
0: right I yeah I agree with that I think that there's people who um will take that offense and it'll push them further in the in the opposite direction you know what I mean like Christians are so judgmental they're so this Um, But in reality, it's just they got convicted and got offended rather than just um, getting convicted and, like you said, doing their study, doing their research about what was actually said. Um, I do think, you know, I I think the harshness was needed in the situation because maybe it did open some eyes and open some ears to wait a minute, what's actually going on?
1: Yeah. I like what you said about the uh, offense Mm -hmm. because I think people – I don't know especially within the black community Beyonce is a really really big deal too much of a deal if you ask me Mm -hmm. um people idolize and worship her that's really all that that's the harsh truth of it um and so the fact that people the comments that I saw were very childish Mm -hmm. like honestly they were just like this is why I don't go to church. This is you yeah. Christians judge. And I'm like, y'all weren't going to church anyway. Let's, <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest here and not, you know, act like people are going to look to be offended anyways. Mm-hmm. People are looking for an excuse not to go to church. Right. I genuinely feel that. The same thing when pastors come out and they're like, oh, this pastor was stealing money. And then a group of people are like, this is why I don't go to church. I'm like, you weren't going to church anyway, mm-hmm. friend.
0: <laughs> right? You
1: weren't going to church. So. I don't think we should water down what we have to say just so that some people get offended, and I think that's what you're saying as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Now, one thing that I did like, I think Jackie Hill Perry is a bit more pastoral for you Baptists and Lutherans (laughs) and traditionalists. I didn't say she was a pastor. I just said she was a bit more pastoral Mm -hmm. in her her approach, and I loved it because she kind of gave her own... um, background with Beyonce and I think a lot of uh young boys and girls especially growing up in the 90s can relate to the fact that uh Beyonce was a big deal back in the day and people grew up listening to her music and I mean Perry even said that she loved her so much (laughs) that it made uh witchcraft look beautiful and I want to make sure I don't know if that's a direct quote, so don't quote me on that, but mm-hmm. she said it made witchcraft look beautiful, yeah. which how she, how Beyonce is able to take uh, religious symbols and make them into art. Mm-hmm. And that is a a talent, but that doesn't mean that's something that we worship. Um, do you have anything to say with uh, Perry's Instagram post?
0: yeah um i i did like the video that she had posted um i think again it's bringing a lot of awareness to people who just maybe don't see it or don't know um i think perry did a great job communicating like if you go back and watch the video just like the different symbols and 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 relating it biblically to like what what each one means um and so i think that she did that very well i do think uh I don't know if you saw this and I don't know if you wanted to go here or not. But Tasha Cobbs praying over Beyonce's tour, did you see that at all?
1: I heard about it. I didn't see it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, I know that there was some backlash she recently uh she received from Christians for doing that, but um her her whole prayer was um for Beyonce and the tour, um just like praying because of the influence Beyonce has and you know, just how much pressure she's under. Um, but a lot of people, a lot of Christians were hurt and offended by Tasha Cobb saying that because of, you know, endorsing Beyonce's tour and kind of siding with it and agreeing with it in that aspect.
1: What did you think about it when you saw Tasha Cobb's stuff?
0: Um, well, a lot of people were like, Christians should love, Christians shouldn't judge. I agree. Christians should love, um, but also stand on biblical principles of what's right and wrong. Um. So I think that if Tasha was going to pray for Beyonce's tour, it should have been a prayer of salvation and prayer of, you know, uh, just. Repentance. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that would have been a better way to go about about doing what she did.
1: I definitely agree with that. Um, so going back to the offense that a lot of Christians took up, do you have any advice maybe for a Christian that's going through offense with the harshness Uh, We don't think it's harsh, and that's just because of how we are. I think we're both very passionate Mm -hmm. people. Um, But for those who are a bit softer, (laughs) do you have a word um, of advice for them?
0: Um, I think the only thing I would say to them is um, just a prayer. Ask the Lord not to be so, um, I don't want to say hard-hearted because I feel like that's I feel like that's harsh as well, but not to be so um, offended. Yeah, offended, but also just ask him for his truth of what he would say, not what man would say, but what he would say. Um, And the Lord is kind, like he will tell you in a loving way, but also just, you know?
1: Yeah. I think overall with this story, I was so happy for somebody, and I'll, I'll just be very frank, somebody of... Um, in the black community because she's such, she is so wrapped into the black community. People love Beyonce. Mm -hmm. Um, Black and white people, Hispanic people, everybody loves Beyonce, but um, she's so ingrained in the culture that almost talking to secular friends about her and saying like, nah, I don't listen to her, it it was almost seemed as like a blasphemy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was so happy to see prominent black leaders finally saying something that I've been saying behind closed doors yeah about her I mean what's crazy to me is that it took so long because for me she's been blatant about it for years right um and I kind of hope that this brings about change with other artists as well like obviously with the Sam Smith mm-hmm. Kim Petras mm-hmm. thing that happened at the Grammys like it's becoming more prominent that people are just wrapped up in Satanism and putting it on full display, no shame. Yeah. Um, And so it's kind of like, hopefully this will bring about people to not just stop listening to Beyonce, but really dive deep and see who you can listen to. Yeah. Um, I know you haven't listened to secular music in years. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a bit?
0: Yeah, so I, um, before I was saved, and even after, I guess... Yeah, it was after, um, a couple months after I had gotten saved, um, I was a huge secular music just fan. Just, um, I'm trying to think now, Usher, you know, just whoever, R&B. Usher, yeah, I liked Rihanna. Um, there's just a ton, a of, lot of pop, yeah, ton of ton of music that I loved and I would just put on. But, um, the Lord began dealing with me. Early on, like after I got saved, it was only like I said, only a couple of months of just like how not only how it made me feel, but how it affected my mind of um, I just encountered the love of Christ, his His salvation and his power. But then I'm still allowing these things into me that were, um, I guess I could say challenging what I believed Mm -hmm. um, just because of their message and their music. And the Lord just began to deal with me and was like. Um, just the purity, just only allowing purity into me. And I liked what you said about, um, it just being blatant with Beyonce and Sam and, uh, Kim. I really feel like there's just even more so now there's going to be a dividing line of whose side are you on? Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um, I know for me, there's still some secular artists that I listen to. Um, I don't think all secular music is bad. I don't. Um. Mm -hmm. Especially like old school. I go back to like The Temptations and um, Etta James is one of my favorite. Um, Yeah, that's her name. (laughs) (laughs) I I was tripping for a little bit. Um, Etta James is one of my favorites. Um, Old school Jackson 5. Um, But not everything new school is good too. I still, I listen to like AJR. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't listen to them often because some of their songs can be a bit sad. Um, but overall I've cut down secular music by about 90%. And I say that to say like, it doesn't have to be a cold Turkey thing. Right. It can be a process and God is patient, but don't, uh, overuse his grace and his mm-hmm. mercy. Like be serious about it. Really get with the Lord, ask, pray, and see what he has to say about what you consume in mm-hmm. media, whether it's music, whether it's television, yeah. I'm really tough on television because there's really nothing to watch nowadays, but right. that's for a whole other discussion. With that, let's get on with the next segment of the show. So for the next segment of the show, we're going to be talking about the Asbury revival and kind of revival itself. Mm-hmm. Um, in the month of February, February 8th, um, Asbury had an outpouring of the spirit and boy oh boy did it catch media mm. attention I did not do a podcast episode on it I kind of was just writing about it mm. and I found I enjoyed that a lot more but um, so many things happened with that like uh, Lee University had revival uh, I, I don't even remember all the schools that had revival but yeah. I mean it spread across the nation super fast and even churches we're having revival and we're like advertising like hey revival's over here too yeah um so I kind of just want to use this time to just unpack the whole thing that happened this month so when you first heard that revival was breaking out in Kentucky what were your initial thoughts
0: um I think I was very excited I was excited and intrigued um just by what I saw was happening I was one of the ones like scrolling through all the videos on Instagram trying to see because they weren't they actually weren't live with it until way later yeah it was it was a while later um but yeah I was excited I loved what I saw there was just a a, from the videos you could tell there was a purity in the hunger that you saw there and um that was just really exciting to me
1: um for me I'm not even gonna lie I was skeptical I was not um critical I was not cynical Mm -hmm. um but one thing that our pastor said was he's a watch." and pray kind of person. Mm -hmm. And I was definitely in that mode. I was Mm -hmm. kind of like, okay, um, there's a revival happening.
0: Yeah.
1: I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see Mm -hmm. what happens and not it again. I want to emphasize it was not a cynical way. Yeah. It literally was just like a, I'm watching to see. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that it became hours and hours and hours, later i wanted to go um i don't think you got to go Mm-mm. i didn't I get to know. go either um i just had prior obligations like every weekend and kentucky from us is like what is it like a seven hour drive I or think something so. yeah crazy yeah um so it was one thing where we were like i'm gonna need an, a weekend yeah and i just didn't have that and so yeah, I was definitely intrigued as well. Um, I don't know if you've heard, have you heard the prophetic voices talk about the billion-soul harvest? I don't think so. Okay, so I'll break this down real quick. Um, a few prophetic voices have talked about in the final days before Christ comes, there's going to be a billion-soul harvest marked mm. by revival and return to the basics of Christ. Yeah. Um, I believe that will happen because I feel like the heart of God, he says he would, he would, that none would perish. Yeah. And so I think it makes sense for God to pour out his spirit mm-hmm. one last time before he returns. Cause he doesn't want anybody to perish. He doesn't want anybody to, you know, whether you're pre-trib, post-trib or whatever yeah. you believe He he's so merciful that I think he would pour out his spirit one last time.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I guess I shouldn't say one last time, but one last time in a big way in which a billion people will turn to him. Right. And so that's kind of what I was waiting to see was like, is this the beginning of the billion soul harvest, yeah. and what does that look like? Um, because I am the way that I am, I'm going to talk about some things that bothered me. Okay. Um, something that bothered me was people trying to go to the Asbury revival and make their name great.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, did you see any of that?
0: Um, I don't know that I saw people trying to make their name great i did see like a ton of people were going um once they had heard about it but i felt like i felt almost as if people were going for the media reasons after a while um and then i did see different uh well-known christian singers i know i think lauren daigle went and matt gilman um ended up going as well Um, just to see what was happening there. And I, like I said, I can't speak on their intentions of going, but, um, I did see, I feel like almost like the publicity of Asbury almost took over. Like, that's why, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I loved what Asbury did though. With every big name that tried to come, they were like, you can come and sit. Right. Like it was not, you're going to come and speak. And then you get to post on your Instagram that you were at the Asbury revival speaking. Yeah. Um, I think that kept the purity and integrity of it That's um, great. but it did bother me and it was kind of just like another temperature check at where the church at large and by at large I mean the western church <laughs> American church but where the Western American church is at large mm-hmm. there's still a lot of immaturity right unfortunately and a lot of pettiness
0: mm-hmm.
1: um I do know that there was a um well-known speaker, I don't really feel led to say who it was who tried to come and hijack it Mm. and basically say like, you know, I was a revivalist back in the day. And so I have to be part of this now. And Asbury was like, no, come sit down. Um, so kudos to the leaders of that community and the students for keeping it about Jesus, because the temptation Mm -hmm. after you get all that media attention, yeah is to make it about you right um and i will say i i'm wrote about the asbury revival it went pretty viral around the world mm-hmm. um and it was crazy because before i couldn't scrape together for interviews nobody wanted to talk to me wow after the media got a hold of it and people yeah. were having Honestly, a couple minutes of fame.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so many people flooded my DMs, wow. and again, that was a testament to some of the immaturity. Yeah, that was, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately around that. I'm not saying that was in the revival, but around that revival, yeah, some immaturity um, from some people. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the people that I talk to, the purest hearts in the world. Amazing. Um, the purest hearts in the world—they just cared about Jesus. They didn't even want to talk to me too long because they were like, "This time that I'm spending with you, I could yeah. be spending with God." That's awesome. Um, so it was—it's amazing to see the the core group and the heart that was in that. Yeah. Um, because it was definitely from a pure place. Um, but the people who were late and who traveled, um, I do think some of it was for shallow reasons. Now, mm-hmm. let's talk about because our pastor talked about this, and mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Um, He talked about just being the revival where you're at. Yes. Um, And one of the things that he said, he's like, I don't understand why people would drive six and a half, seven hours Mm -hmm. to go be part of a revival when they could just come expected here. Yeah. And be part of a revival in their own communities. What do you think about that?
0: No, I 100% agree with that. I think that the problem with people not coming expectant is they've grown too familiar with where they are but then when they see something new they're like oh let's go be a part of that rather than like you said being expectant where the lord has placed them um i feel like a lot of people they know like head knowledge like hey we can have that here but it's not a heart knowledge of like asking him hey bring that here through me um and so i feel like that's why a lot of people did travel is because they were like, we wanting that encounter, wanting to see what the spirit of God was doing and the healings and, and everything that was happening there. But they don't, it's like I said, it's not a heart knowledge of knowing like, Hey, that can hope, happen in my home. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: What do you think? I I just thought that this said a lot about the church as a whole. Yeah. The whole thing. Because what do you think we, we can live that now? Yeah. We could have lived that before. Right. So, what do you think that says about American church that we were not living with that fire and the fact that when fire actually fell and struck a place, Mm -hmm. thousands of people from around the world, Mm -hmm. mostly from the West, traveled to be part of something. I mean, I think that says that we're spiritually starving.
0: Yeah. I 100% agree with that. Um, Not only starving, but I think that we've lost sight and vision, like what what are we doing if we're not living that way then like not to be mean but like what are we doing like yeah that that should be our lives that's what we're living out that's what the church is called to be church is called to do if we're not doing that then what are we doing have we gotten so wrapped up here that we're just not not living how he's called the church to live
1: yeah i i just again i just thought this was like a temperature check yeah to see where we're at Um, I will say, um, as of right now, from my understanding, this could be wrong, but from my understanding, Asbury has closed their doors to the outside public. Mm -hmm. Um, they're having their regular chapel services. Um, they said that the students, um, are ready to continue with, um, life is normal, but obviously not normal because they've had an encounter with Christ. Yeah. Um, I think some of that just came with, I mean, they had thousands of people on their campus yeah. every day, mm-hmm. all night. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was just some fatigue with that. Um, they did say that they're opening up. Um, actually, no, I think a, a random movement just opened up a another revival service 30 minutes down the road. Um, so what do you think about them? I, I guess I, sh- I can't say that it's over or they close their doors or whatever the case mm-hmm. is, but. I think the way the Lord did this was very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, in past revivals, it has been months or years of continued revival and movement. And this was only, again, hear what I'm not saying, but don't hear what I'm not saying. But yeah. um, this was only a month yeah. and, um, you know, life is continuing. Like, what are, what are your thoughts with that?
0: Um i agree i think that i agree with what you said about the way he did it is being unique as in maybe the heart of god was to give them a taste taste and see that i'm good give them a reminder you know what i mean like like you said it's not over and it's certainly he's not certainly not done but i feel like it may have been a call back to him for some for certain people like a wake up call of like hey what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Hey, this is, this is supposed to be how we're living. This is supposed to be, you're supposed to live in revival. Like if you look at acts, like, like you were saying, like that's how they lived. They saw signs and wonders and miracles daily. Like it wasn't this shocking thing. When someone gets healed, it wasn't this shocking thing. When someone got delivered, it was, they had the power of Christ in their lives. And this is just how they lived. So I feel like for me, the Lord is personally the lord has been dealing with me about just the return back to him of forsaking all else the separation of all else and just returning back to how it's supposed to be the simplicity of christianity the simplicity of knowing him
1: i think that's been the overall theme with the people that i interviewed Mm -hmm. um was just i love what um ashley said Mm -hmm. um Ashley Morell, you're getting a shout out in this, uh in this podcast episode because one of the things she said was like, it is so easy to have revival. Mm -hmm. And that stuck with me. Um, she just talked about like and Lee University is more like Church of God, more Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. Um, so for a Pentecostal to say that it's so easy to live in revival because Pentecostals usually are always chasing after revival Mm -hmm. and revival will hit and then we'll fall off and the revival will hit and then we'll fall off. But for her to say it's so easy and it doesn't have to be this big weighted thing. Like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: people, Christians love conferences. We love a conference. We love an encounter. We love filling a stadium. Yeah. Um, But for her to say like, nah, that's not, that's Mm -hmm. not what it has to be. It can just be, hungry people mm-hmm. getting together praying after class in a mm-hmm. chapel and the fire of god will fall yeah that's um good. that's something that stuck with me is there been anything that stuck with you with this revival
0: well just to speak on what you just said really quickly i think i think that christians complicate it yeah right like what you're saying about the the conferences like it has to be this it has to be a well known speaker it has to have this kind of worship and i mean they fly speakers in from from all the over. World. Yeah. But what would happen if there was none of that? What would happen if just people came came together not even just in a conference, but in neighborhoods and churches and just saw after him
1: if it was really about him? Right. Cuz we say it's about him, yeah. but what you said really hit because I mean, there's conferences where they advertise who's going to be speaking. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not here to condemn that, but there are people who go to the conference because so-and-so is speaking.
0: Absolutely.
1: And if so-and-so doesn't deliver, you're disappointed. Mm -hmm. And this is something I've had to do in my own life, repent in my own life, because I have made the travel. Mm -hmm. I've made the car ride. I've made, you know, hours ride Mm
0: -hmm. to
1: go see a person. And even though I said it was about God, yeah. You know, driving back and either being disappointed or whatever the case was, I'm realizing no, it was not about God. It was about me hearing that speaker. Yeah. And if honestly, if we lived the life full of Christ as we should, mm-hmm. we'd have no need to go talk to a man because mm-hmm. we would have Christ. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, the revival for me caused repentance. It definitely caused me to just look and see where we're at in the church Mm -hmm. overall um I don't think it's any secret that the church is unhealthy yeah um in a lot of ways not saying we do everything wrong I think there's a lot of things we do right but I think there's a lot of things we do wrong Mm -hmm. um but yeah do you have any final thoughts with that
0: um I think for me it was just kind of a heart check as well of of where's your desire where has your desire been and the Lord just bringing my desire back to Him once again. So.
1: I like that. And I think that's a good way to end this segment, and we'll move on to the next one. before we get to our last segment, we're going to play a quick game. It has nothing to do with Christianity. So if you want to skip this part, I totally get it. Um, (laughs) I definitely get it. Um, So anytime I have a guest, I try to play a draft game. And it's probably my favorite thing that I do because it doesn't have to be serious. Um, And we are going to draft our favorite cookies. Now, you might be wondering why I <laughs> said this. It's because I haven't had sugar in days because I'm trying to eat better and the only thing that I can think about is a chocolate chip cookie. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Hannah's, one of Hannah's favorite desserts is our cookies. Yeah. Um, so we're both cookie experts and we are going to, <laughs> we are going to draft our favorite cookies. Now, the rules of the draft are as so. Um... Basically, what's going to happen is we're going to build our teams. There's four rounds. Um, it's like draft style. So you'll pick one and then I'll pick two. and Then you'll pick. Oh, no, we'll just go back and forth. Sorry, that's not going to work. You'll pick <laughs> one. I'll pick one back and forth. All right. Now, if we take someone's favorite cookie, then mm-hmm. obviously that person has to pivot. But the goal is is to draft your favorite team of cookies. Now. I want to make sure I say this. I got this idea from the Spitballers podcast. They are amazing. I love them so much. If you ever just want a podcast that's about nothing and just pure joy, um, 10 out of 10 would recommend them. So, Hannah, I'm going to put five minutes on the clock and you are going to build your team and then we'll get back. All right, we are back. Um... Anna you're the guest so you're gonna go first uh talk about your well not talk about just draft your favorite cookie
0: (laughs) (laughs) this just becomes a cookie podcast literally um my favorite kind of cookie is everyone knows I love a red velvet cookie Mm. I actually
1: was not on that list of everyone because I did not know that that was your favorite cookie
0: yeah love red velvet
1: oh wow um it's also important to note, and I forgot to say this at the top of the show, that it's a battle. So basically what's going to happen is I'm going to put a poll on Instagram and whoever has the mm. best list wins. So do you want to change your draft pick? It's not so much your favorite cookie. It's what do you think the people will vote for?
0: I think that I think that the people love some red velvet.
1: Wow. You're staying with it? Yeah. Okay. Um... That's an interesting pick. pick. I am going to take chocolate chip. Boring. Say what you will, <laughs> but I think people are going to vote for chocolate chip. Okay. Chocolate chip is the best cookie, especially an oatmeal chocolate chip. Like, mm. forget about it. Hey, oatmeal. What? Yeah. The cookies from Chick fil A, the oatmeal chocolate chip? Mm-mm. You're joking.
0: No, I'm that serious.
1: <laughs> I'm dead stunned, serious. and that's what I'm craving. If I'm going to get a chocolate chip cookie, it's going to get. Be from Chick-fil-A. I cannot believe you don't like it. Um, your go. All
0: right. Second pick is Peanut Butter Blossom. You know, like the little peanut butter cookies that have the Hershey Kiss in the middle?
1: Oh, those are good. Yeah. I only make those for Christmas, but I they're a those. joy. Yeah. That's your favorite one? Yeah. Or your second favorite, obviously. Second favorite, yeah. Wow. Um. My second pick is going to be Snickerdoodles.
0: Mm. Okay, okay.
1: I was told by my sister that that's an old person cookie i don't care snickerdoodle. because <laughs> snickerdoodle is twofold because when you dip a snickerdoodle in milk yeah. you get cinnamon milk afterwards and who doesn't love that so amazing snickerdoodle is my second pick your go
0: okay my third pick is wow there's actually a trend here it's an m&m cookie oh you, know, you just like, like just things in like... your
1: cookies what you just like things in your cookie, like little I just
0: yeah, and I think that I like peanut butter because this is the second one with like peanut butter in it, I thought you said m M&M and m cookie
1: <laughs> where's the peanut
0: butter <laughs> maybe, maybe I meant peanut butter m M&M. m okay, peanut butter yeah. m M&M. m we'll go with that, okay, so it makes it yeah. Butter, M&M. <laughs> Okay, Anna.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go. I'm going to take um, just a regular sugar sugar cookie. I'm just going to take a regular sugar cookie. I think I think people will vote for it. Um, I know it's plain, but a really good sugar cookie can make your day.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. This is your um, last pick, so make it good. All right, my last pick. I feel like we need like, a drum roll. But, i'll put it in post okay um <laughs> i love gingerbread cookies again kind of like a christmas thing why are you looking
1: at i'm sorry <laughs> i did give her a look um because i'm like are you trying to win
0: <laughs> no i feel like
1: there's people that gingerbread is not in anybody's top 10 let alone their top four
0: it's in my top four
1: a gingerbread cookie yeah um like tell me, freshly made or tell
0: me you don't love a gingerbread cookie
1: I don't and I'm being honest I cannot I would take 7,000 cookies before I took a gingerbread are you cookie Serious? yeah I don't think they're that good um and maybe I just haven't had a good one because normally the ones I get are from the store and they're not fresh and mm. they're like I don't know there's a lot of ginger so I feel I start coughing <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot it's just a lot, but I I do it every year to get in the spirit of things, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. All my right. last pick. Go ahead. And I'm gonna add a drum roll and post is gonna be Thin Mints. Okay. Thin Mints are my top in my top five because I love them very much, um, and
0: <laughs> I love them very much.
1: I love them very much, and the um, the Girl Scouts just. If they don't do anything else right, they can make a Thin Mint.
0: Shout out.
1: Shout out to the Girl Scouts. Yeah. I love it when you guys come every year. <laughs> um, and that's the thing. They're, that cookie's so special to me. I know there's Thin Mints in the store. Everybody's like, you, I don't know why you don't just get them whatever you want. They're in the <laughs> store. I just... It's, it gives me something to look forward to. It's like a pleasant surprise every year of like, oh, wow, the Girl Scouts are back, which means I can get my Thin Mints. So that's my team. My team is Chocolate Chip Cookies, Snickerdoodle, Sugar Cookies, and Thin Mints. Yeah. What's your team again?
0: My team is Red Velvet, Peanut Butter, Blossom, um, Peanut Butter M&M, yeah. and Gingerbread.
1: All right. And I will make sure after this episode is posted that I will post the poll and whoever wins... If you win, I'll get you some type of candy. And if I win, I just get the glory of winning. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Because that's all I need. Just the glory of winning.
1: All right. With that, let's go ahead and get into the last segment. All right. For our last segment, we are going to be talking about The Adam Problem. Now, this is something that I wrote uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe, yeah, like two weeks ago, a week ago, I don't know. Um, And it's something that uh, I saw another podcast talking about. Uh, If you have listened to my podcast, you know I give Jackie Hill Perry and the Perrys a shout-out all the time, Mm -hmm. Um, another shout-out to them because they talked about, it was like a, a real quick reel that I saw on YouTube where they were talking about how some of their friends uh, really struggle who grew up in church. And mm-hmm. that definitely resonated with me. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But basically the Adam problem for me is characterized by someone who grows up in the church, who grows up in knowing God, mm-hmm. um, and there's still temptation on if there's more. Yeah. Um, and I think this is something you can speak to well because you did not grow up in church. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you been saved?
0: Um, I was saved when I was 16. It was actually 2016.
1: Really? Yeah. You were born in 2000?
0: I was born in 2000.
1: Gosh, I feel old. Okay, moving (laughs) on. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know if you'll remember this conversation, but this conversation really stuck out to me and this happened months ago. But me, you and Kaylee were in the car Mm. and there was a day where I said, "Ah, sometimes I just wish, and this is going to sound awful, but I was like, sometimes I just wish I didn't grow up saved. Um, and you kind of kicked back on that and you said, no, like you grew up always knowing him. Yeah. And she's like, you were like, what a beautiful thing. Yeah. To grow up always knowing him. But at that moment in my life, I was growing, I was kind of feeling an itch to mm-hmm. like leave, not leave the church, but just honestly do things I had no business doing. Right. Um, strictly out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for someone who didn't grow up in church, And now that you're in church, um, do you resonate with that problem at all?
0: Well, actually, um, I did grow up in church. I grew up um, in a very religious church, so I had a whole prodigal season for about three years where I just ran as fast and hard as I could away from the Lord and anything to do um, with church um, until eventually I was saved in, like I said, 2016. Oh,
1: man. So I did not know that you were in church and then left church so you can really speak to this um so what do you have to say for someone who's you know struggling with the quote-unquote adam problem
0: um well the first thing i'll say you had wrote in your your article and i have it actually pulled up here but you had talked about the familiarity of growing up in church and i feel like that is the majority of the problem for people who grew up in churches, just being familiar. But I feel like speaking from my own personal experience, it was not familiar with knowing him because I didn't, I, looking back, I didn't truly know him because like I said, it was a very uh, religious church where it was uh, rules and, and works, not relationship with the father. And yeah. so I was familiar in that. I knew how to act church. I knew how to play church, but it wasn't, there was no knowing of him. And so I feel like that may be a lot of the the problem is people are just familiar with church, the building, and not living, not living a relationship lifestyle with him. So when you are just going to church out of motions and, and works and rules and all the things, you're, you're not content in that. You want to be you want to be like the other people you see you want to you want to find fulfillment somewhere and in your mind church doesn't do it for you yeah what you know about church is not it
1: and maybe that is the bigger issue is that maybe people who are struggling with that problem it might be that church is the problem Mm -hmm. and not christ yeah um and unfortunately that happens you might be in a church that's unhealthy you might be in a church that you know maybe you believe in the gifts of the spirit and you are at a church that does not believe in the gifts of the spirit or vice versa um it could be more of a church issue than a god issue yeah and it might be something an opportunity for you to recalibrate now granted um this is not an endorsement on deconstructionism Mm um this is not an endorsement of um Yes, it's okay to ask questions, of course. However, I think you need to have a safe space to do it, and you need to have a biblical foundation. Yeah. Um. Because this is where all kinds of weird—I mm-hmm. mean, some of the weirdest things have come out of people being hurt by the church and coming up with their own idea of who God is um, yeah. that doesn't align with His Word. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that could be a problem. Um, mm-hmm. in that season while you were not in church mm-hmm. and experiencing and you don't have to get personal but experiencing the things of the world I mean you can attest to the comparison yeah. um while you were not in church did you feel at, like an emptiness
0: um yeah i would i would say yes um there was a lot of things that i tried to immerse myself with just to keep busy like whether it be friend groups or or going here and jobs and doing this like it was almost as if i had uh, overcompensated the loss of church Mm -hmm. um but i i remember like there's there's been times like even in my prodigal season with running as far as i could there were moments where people would say things to me. Like there was uh, this one girl I remember working with and she she was making comments about Christians and prayer and she had said something and um, she was just like swearing up a storm, like dropping F-bombs. And she was like, who the F prays? And like all this stuff. And, and it was almost like a peer pressure thing. <clears throat> but she was, I remember them looking dead at me and being like, Hannah, do you pray? Or or some, it was something like that. And I remember in that moment, I had this this moment of like, do I say yes or do I say no? Because yeah. everything within me, like, I felt so much conviction. Like, I was like, oh my gosh. But I ended up, I was like, no. And I was like laughing. I was like, who who prays? Like, that's so dumb. Like, kind of went along with their joke. But I remember that feeling that I felt after I had said that mm-hmm. growing up. Like, even even as I said, like, not necessarily having the relationship with him I do now. But there was still something in me that I almost felt the grieving of Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I was just, I remember that was one of my um, markers. That was one of my turning moments where I believe my heart was turned even just slightest towards the Father again.
1: I love that. So let's talk about the Garden of Eden real quick. Um, I My dad does a teaching on like the first three chapters of Genesis and it's really good. But one of the things he points out is the garden was um, optimal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't perfect because there was still work that had to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam had a job, he had a task, and if he didn't do it, God told him to keep the garden. Yeah. So if he didn't keep the garden, we don't know what it was going to happen, mm-hmm. but obviously something was going to happen. So Adam had a job, he had a task, and the garden was optimal. That doesn't mean it was perfect mm-hmm. um but it was optimal and um i think that's where some of the temptation can come is that um sometimes walking with god i guess i shouldn't even say sometimes because he says the rain falls on the just as well as the unjust mm-hmm. sometimes it's just not perfect yeah sometimes you did everything right as mm-hmm. a christian and thing bad things still happen yeah um and so what do you have to say for the christian that maybe something something bad is happening in their life and they're tempted to leave
0: um i would say well when you first asked me that the first scripture that popped into my ha- my head ooh, was uh hebrews eleven six, and it says it is impossible to please god without faith anyone who wants to come to him must believe that god exists and that he is a reward and he rewards those who sincerely seek him um which I know is a lot easier to say it than to believe it. Because I've been in those seasons too of like, what the heck, Lord? Like, I've been seeking you. I've been asking you. And I just feel like it's a, a season where maybe the heavens are brass. Like, he doesn't yeah. hear you. Um, but I think one of the most powerful things that the Lord spoke to me. Um, so, I was actually in a season quite recently where I've been asking and praying the Lord for something, just something I'm going through personally. And I kept telling the Lord, I said, I don't, I don't feel like you hear me. Like, I know you do, but I, I feel like you don't. And the Lord had given me Psalms 22 two two It says, every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice to you, but I find no relief. Then verse three is what gets me. And it says, yet you are holy and enthroned on the praises of Israel. And the Lord spoke to me and he was just like, this may be just a yet you are holy season. So one thing that I would say to that person who's tempted to just walk away is yet yeah, he's holy. Like it may not feel like it and it's hard to understand because trust me, we've all been there, but there is a yet Yet he's holy, yet he's faithful. And I think that for me, he's proved that so many times. Like I'd be stupid if I didn't believe it. Um, And so I feel like it's hard to say just indoor, but trust him in endure.
1: You're bringing heat, Hannah. That's so good. Um, I will go over this real quick. And again, I started a blog called trainofmusings.com. Uh, I write more than I speak. So feel free to subscribe and follow it. Um, I talk more about uh, things happening in culture there more often, but um, we're going to be ramping this up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. However... Um, I want to talk about things to remember if you're tempted by things outside of the garden Mm -hmm. um, which is something that I wrote last week but basically um, I think it's important to remember that it's more beneficial with God than without God and um, Psalms 103 verse 2 David writes "Um, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits Um, remembrance is one of the ways we can connect with God Mm -hmm. um, and remembering the benefits that come with God. I think talking about familiarity Mm -hmm. that comes with following God for so many years, sometimes we just expect him and expect his blessings and there's nothing wrong with that, but we can become familiar with his blessings knowing that or not forgetting that, um, he doesn't have to give us a darn thing. Yeah. Like in all honesty, he does not have to give us anything. He already gave us salvation and he didn't even have to give us that. Mm -hmm. So the clothes on our backs is a blessing, an abundance of blessing. The house that we live in is an abundance of blessing. The yeah. car that we drive to the job that we might hate is an abundance of blessing. Mm-hmm. So it's just beneficial to remember the benefits that come with God because when you do, you will find that you were more blessed than you probably, that you probably forgot about, you know?
0: Yeah, that's
1: good. Um, Secondly, is that the the enemy is a hard taskmaster. This is something my mom says all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 reads, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Mm. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if the yoke of Christ is easy and his burden is light, adversely, the yoke of the enemy is the opposite. Mm. Um, so know that if you do make the decision to play outside of the garden, Mm-hmm. um those are your options because his burden is easy and light not the enemies yeah. um although it might seem like it although it might feel like it sin is so dangerous because it makes you feel good in a moment mm-hmm. um and then it comes to steal kill and destroy right and then lastly um there is a reward for those who endure um James 1 2 says blessed is the man that endures temptation for when he is tired he shall receive the crown of life which the lord hath promised to them that love him um keeping your eyes on the prize basically Uh, although um we might be going through something a temptation or enduring something or maybe we're just curious about what's going on out there Mm -hmm. um those who endure to the end will receive the crown of life not those who hop off the train you know (laughs) um do you have anything else you want to add all right easy enough uh well with that thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of I N O podcast um I've been Jasmine I'm Hannah and y'all stay saved out there because things are getting crazy <laughs> peace